Thank you so much for joining us today for the Pastor's Potluck Podcast. Here on the Pastor's Potluck, it's similar to a normal potluck where you might get something that you want and there may be something that you just want to pass up altogether. And that's okay. There's something here for everybody. Our goal here is to encourage you and maybe in the process entertain you. If you're ready, let's dig in. Hey, everybody. I hope that y'all are having a wonderful day. Uh, today's episode is just going to be a little bit different, but uh, it's going to be unique and interesting. And I hope that there's some truth and something that you could take away from uh, something that I've had on my heart for a while. And it's part of my testimony. And I'm just going to share with you. But before we get into that, uh, I just wanted to ask you a couple of things or maybe just give you a statement, but uh, one of the things that drives me absolutely insane is whenever I ask my kids to do something um, and then they don't do it. Uh, It's not like the things that I ask them are crazy or outlandish, like, hey, I need you to rebuild this transmission or um, go cut the yard with like just a pair of scissors. It's nothing arduous or anything But uh, it's just whenever you ask your kids to do something and then they don't do it and it's like, God, like it's just an easy task and it just kind of gets frustrating, frustrating. Uh, And it's 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 one of the ways that you could get my blood boiling like super, super, super fast. Um, It's like. Like whenever you ask your kids to like take a shower, like my kids are of the age to where they can, you know, go take, you know, turn on the water themselves and it'll go grab their clean clothes and, uh, they know how to scrub down and everything. And, but they just don't do it. It's just a simple task. Like, Hey, go brush your teeth. Uh, go take a shower. Just, just those little things. And then they don't do it. And I just get super, super frustrated, um, whenever they, they just don't do those things. Um, and it's just this, this, this idea of obedience to them, even in the little things is frustrating. And so there's this story in the Bible that I want to talk about. And it's, uh, we're familiar with Moses and, uh, all the incredible things that, uh, God did for him and the Israelites, uh, with their, um, their freedom from slavery and wandering and in the desert, uh, for 40 years and God's provision through all of that. But there's a really cool moment in this story of Moses, uh, whenever he is being called and asked to do those things. And, uh, it's found in Exodus three, uh, And so Moses is out tending flock with his father, Jethro. um, And they are far into the wilderness. And they came up to uh, uh, Sinai, uh, which is like what is labeled as the mountain of God. And so he continues to move closer to the mountain. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him uh, on a burning through a burning bush. And. Moses was just in complete astonishment and amazement at what it what was taking place because the bush wasn't even being uh, burned up. Uh, but 
So God called from him in the middle of this burning bush, and he's trying to get Moses' attention, and he gives him uh, these charges to be the leader of the Israelites. And so what begins to happen is, is like there's this kind of like this, this ask of God, and then there's this arguing uh, from Moses, and so they they keep on going back and forth. Um, and he keeps on saying, you know, like the, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and, and now I want you to lead my people out of, out of, uh, out of Egypt. And Moses keeps on protesting to God. And he says things like, who am I to appear before Pharaoh and talk to him? Um, and who am I to lead these people? God responds with him. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be with you. This is your sign that I'm going to be the one who has sent you. When you uh, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Moses once again gets in, you know, he's like, he's arguing. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I, I can't do this. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God gives Moses the answer. He says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, that Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. That is my name. Now go to the, to the elders of Israel, and they will accept your message. And then I will cause the, the, the Egyptians to look favorable, favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, and so you will not even leave empty-handed. Moses, once again, he's like, well, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And what if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord says, hey, what's that in your hand? Moses says, that's a shepherd's staff. He said, throw it on the ground. And the Lord told him, so Moses threw the staff, and and it turned into a, a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into the shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign in front of Pharaoh, and they will believe that the Lord, the God of the ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has really appeared to you. And so we see these things, and God keep God keeps on going back and forth with Moses. God gives him an answer to what he's asking. Moses pleads with the Lord again. Hey, you know, I'm not very good with words. You know, I, I, I have this stammer. I have this stutter. And so I'm just not a really good public, I'm a public speaker. And so he says, well, I've, I've, I placed Aaron, you know, he's in your life. Aaron is Moses's brother. Uh, and, and so he says like, you could you, you have Aaron. And then so Moses continues to argue with him. He says, hey, you could you could send anyone else, Lord. Just don't send me, please. And then the Lord finally gets fed up and he becomes angry with him. And he says, all right, what about your brother? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you right now. He would be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be both of you as I speak. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I have shown you. So getting back to the story of my children, I've set them up to do the things that I have asked them to do, right? 
I've taught them how to clean the dishes. I've taught them how to take a shower and scrub themselves down and use soap and use the, the wash rag or the loofah and how to dry off and how to get changed and how to brush their teeth and the certain amount of toothpaste to put on their toothbrush whenever they um, are asked to do these things. Towels are always folded and cleaned. Uh, the laundry is always folded and, and put up for them. So everything is in its right place uh, for them. So it's an easy task to accomplish. They, they don't see the work that has been done for them ahead of time. Um, they only know that whenever they finally do say yes, that they have been tremendously set up for success. In my time with God and whenever he is speaking to me, I have to trust that he has already been at work on the thing that he has been asking me to do, just like he did with Moses. He's already setting me up for success. He's already setting you up for success whenever he asks you to do something. We, as Christ followers, just have to be obedient in the things that he is asking us to do. I can't let things of my past hold me back. So Moses, um, he, he carried around some baggage, you know, because he was, we all know the story of um, his mother having to put him in the, in the, in the basket and put him down in the river. Um, because his mother didn't want him to be murdered, but also there's this sense of abandonment that he probably had. Um, he was also a murderer. Um, he had killed, uh, one of the Egyptian, uh, slave drivers. And, and so, so Moses was this murderer. And so he had to get over his past um, and, and just be obedient to what God was asking him. Um, one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't really, really know this part of my story is that uh, all throughout my tenure in ministry, uh, up until the point to where God led me to West Virginia, um, it's been kind of like a crazy story. Um, not to go into too much detail, but there was just a lot of church hurt that came from church leadership um, up until my stint in West Virginia. And, and there was just a lot of things that were said that were uh, very negative and um, very demeaning. Um, a lot of things that were um, that we just carried with as a family and praying uh, up until about November of 2009, I was in full-time ministry up, uh, throughout, oh goodness, probably the la the four years up until, uh, 2009. And I had like a lot of questions because of all of this hurt that was happening. I just didn't understand, um, why some of the things that I was going through. And I almost came to the conclusion that if this is what ministry is going to look like for me, that everywhere that I go is just going to be something demeaning and I'm going to be talked down upon and treated in such a way. I was like, I just didn't want to be a part of ministry, full-time ministry. 
because the only experiences that I ever had were just of that. It was just a terrible experience. Now, were incredible things happening in ministry? Yes, we did see people come and give their heart to the Lord. Uh, we saw people get baptized. We saw people, uh, their prayers answered for healing and maybe, uh, you know, an answer in their job or maybe they were looking for a job or financial provision um, or God restoring a relationship uh, with a distant uh, family member or relative or something like that. So God was still working in those times. And so it was amazing to see those things, but I just didn't understand uh why I was being talked to the way that I was. Um, and so I wanted to ask this question is why is it that we think that whenever it comes to things of God, the, the things that God wants us to do in the church for him, that we are suddenly full of excuses at every excuse in the world to, to not be in ministry, uh, ever again. And, from November of 2009 till about, April of 2020, which is right at the eight, you know, April of 2020 is right at the start of this, uh, the COVID pandemic that we went through. And I spent a lot of time asking and praying God and just beginning to seek some healing, some emotional healing that I was going through. And it took a while for me to get the answer that I was trying to find so sometimes whenever you ask god he doesn't necessarily tell you no but a a non-answer would say i need you to continue doing what you're doing so i that's the way that i took it i never heard him say no i don't want you to do this anymore i want you to be doing something else and so i was praying during this time and i finally just said okay lord you know my past, you know the struggles that I deal with, you know the hurt that I've been through. I'm going to I'm going to say yes to this, but you have to I'm I'm trusting you. You have to you have to allow for some of this this hurt to be healed to where I don't walk around and I hold this hurt against myself or it get in the way of ministry. Um, and God was already working in that part of my life because I had had a substantial amount of time off before I was able to get back into ministry. And it was super beneficial for my relationship with my wife and my kids to be cooped up in a house 24 seven because of the pandemic. You know, we could hardly go anywhere, uh, because we just didn't know what the situation was all about. And, uh, we were just, you know, obeying what, uh, the government was asking us to do, except for you, the weekly or, or every two weeks we would go out and go get groceries. Uh, one of us would, but, uh, God was healing, uh, myself emotionally. And one of the things that as I was studying my Bible and praying, he brought this, this story of Moses and it was crazy to see a lot of the similarities between Moses and I. Uh, not that I'm called to leave a, you know, a giant nation um, out of uh, slavery or anything like that. But he was setting me up for success before I even knew it. Um, he was providing things for me before I even knew that they were going to be an issue. And... And 
when I, I couldn't make any excuses for God. I, I had to say yes, and I couldn't argue with him because he never told me that I was not supposed to be in ministry. You know, it's like, let's just say I went to a football game and everything didn't go exactly uh, as planned. Would you never use that as an excuse to ever go to another one? Like, oh man, they ran out of parking or my team lost. I, you know, we all have our favorite team that we root for. So it's like, <laughs> like I'm going to, any opportunity that I have to go see my favorite college football team, Texas A&M, which is far and few between now uh, that we live in West Virginia. But if I ever have the opportunity to go, I'm not going to say, well, past experiences dictate that I'm not going to go to a football game. I'm going to do everything possible um, to go to that football game. You maybe the seats were uncomfortable. Would you ever go back? Yes, you would. What if they what if the band plays some songs at halftime that you never heard before? Would you ever go back because the band upset you because of the song that they play and you were expecting something? Um, what if the following week the coach didn't write you a thank you note uh because you were there and uh he just never talked to you ever again, or he never even knew that you were there to begin with in the first place. Would you ever go back? I mean, yeah, you would go back. I mean, th that's just a crazy expectation. Maybe the game went a little too long and you were expecting to be home by a certain time and uh, you would still go back to that football game. So if things are not going according to plan, then you would still go back to that football game. Many of us use excuses one way at one time or another, fully aware that they would never fly anywhere else because it's just that. Um, it's just an excuse. We're still going to continue to do those things that we find uh, exciting in life. Someone has a need and you're asked to go see them. We always make an excuse whenever it maybe comes to the needs of others. I'm too busy. Maybe you can get somebody else to do that. If we go back to the beginning of this story and we see God asking Moses to do, a, and we see that God is asking Moses to do a very specific job. Moses, Moses knew it was God telling him to do it. He still brought the excuses on. He understood what the job was because God clearly laid it out in front of him. But the excuses for Moses continued to flow. Lord, I don't speak well. What if the people don't listen to me? He still used those excuses. Well, I don't have anything, God. And God says, hey, what do you have in your hand right now? He said, you have this shepherd's staff for a very simple reason. Moses was holding that shepherd's staff in his hand. He already had what God needed. God says to Moses, and take it and throw it down. It's going to turn into, the sna into a snake, and people will know that I have given you this challenge. People will know that you have spoke to me. And the crazy thing is, is that as long as Moses kept the staff in his hand, it was useful 
And the minute that he threw it down, there's a little point in that story that he throws it down and he gets afraid and he gets scared of it. So the thing that God has given in your hand, we can't just throw it down and throw it away and become afraid or scared because of God's provision. We just have to trust that the things that God has given us, that he's going to use it for his purpose and for his glory. And we don't ever need to throw those things away that God has given us. I want to ask you a question. How long will it take for you to fully trust in God? How long will you wait before you say, Lord, here I am, send me, use me. God is looking for one thing and one thing only, and that's in a heart of obedience. In many ways, Moses was one of the greatest leaders we find in the Old Testament, but he was far, far from perfect. He made mistakes. He got angry. He was impatient. He committed murder. And as a result of his anger and his disobedience, Moses ended up actually missing out on the promised land that God had promised to the Israelites. God said to Moses, because you didn't trust in me enough and didn't do what I asked you to do, you will not be able to enter the promised land. Trust and obedience go hand in hand. There comes a time whenever we have to let go of all of our excuses and we just have to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Send me. God is always going to ask for a heart of obedience. He's always looking for that heart of obedience. One of the things whenever I was praying and I was asking the Lord and talking to him and saying, hey, I, I just need to take this time to heal, and I also need to know if ministry, full-time ministry is what you need me to do. He had already set me up for success. He gave me the tools. He gave me the things that I needed to do um, to be successful in ministry. All I had to do was be obedient. I knew, I knew that I was called to full-time ministry. I was looking for any excuse to not be in it because of the past hurt and the, and the things that I was going through. He'd already set me up for success. He gave me the talents and the skills. I just had to continue to be obedient. Regardless of my attitude, regardless of anything that I was going through, I just, need to, I just needed to look at the Lord and say, yes, whatever you need me to do. Even if I had to go through more hurt, I had to continue to say yes. Even if I had to go through more pain and emotional uh, pain, I had to continue to say yes. And what I found through saying yes to the Lord was healing. God placed me in an, in an amazing church here in, South, in Southridge. Through the relationships that I've had with my coworkers, and the conversations that we've had, the healing has taken place. I've come to realize that not all ministry is belittling and, and, and speaking down upon. I've come to understand that true ministry is about lifting each other up. There are days whenever that those, those, those thoughts and those emotions want to rear their ugly head. And that's just Satan trying to get underneath my skin. But I know that saying yes to the Lord 
and moving my family some close to 2,000 miles away from everything that I knew was going to be what God was going to take that this situation and heal. Not only myself, but be able to use this story as a testimony of just being obedient and saying yes. And no matter whatever you are going through, just say yes to the Lord. You may, you may think that you have very little that God has given you. Continue to say yes and see the amazing things that are going to happen. I think since I've been here, we have seen probably close to 120 people get baptized. That's amazing. And it's not just because I said yes. It's because the whole staff here at Southridge have said yes. Lord, we all have shortcomings. We all have past pain. We all deal with something. And we have all dealt with something. But we say yes to you, Lord. And we are seeing amazing and incredible things happen in the lives of people. First time salvations, people coming back and putting their place and their, their trust in, in Jesus. It's incredible. So I just want to challenge you today to just say yes. He's asking you to do something, whatever it is. Don't make an excuse. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. He's asking you for a specific reason and a specific purpose. Say yes to the things that God is asking you to do. I hope you've been challenged by that. And, uh, hey, we're going to do a mystery meet. <laughs> Why not? Just one uh, question. Uh, would, you be able, would you rather be able to time travel within a certain range or be able to freeze time? I would want to. Oh, that's a good question. Initial response would be able to freeze time. Um, I don't know why. I think that's just funny, uh, especially if somebody's about to sneeze or something. Like you can put like a whole bunch of powder in the air and it makes it look like they sneeze powder <laughs> or something. Um, but to be able to go back in time for a specific amount of time, ooh, I don't know. That's a good one too. That's a good response because like what if you get in an argument with your spouse and you say something that you – like, you're like, oh, dude, I wish I could take that back. Yeah, I'd probably, like, go back in time for a certain amount of time. You know, like 10 minutes or so. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'd probably get in a lot less trouble, right? Things that I would say. I don't know. What about y'all? Let us know in the comments. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Pastor's Potluck, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening in with us today. We really appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. And you can also watch the video version of this on YouTube as well. All you have to do is search up the Pastor's Potluck Podcast. From all of us here, we want to say thank you, and we'll see you next week.